I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 22 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey friends, so a few weeks ago, if you followed me on Instagram, then you've probably noticed that I had put up a question to all of my followers asking if they had any topics that they would like me to talk about on the podcast. And I got so many good ideas. It just made me super excited to jump into my closet, which is where I record my episodes in my makeshift recording studio and start recording these episodes. There are a lot of good ones coming out. So thank you to all of you who gave me suggestions. If you have a suggestion and you missed that question in my stories, feel free to reach out to me. I always love getting inspiration from my listeners. One of the suggestions that I got was for me to do an episode on how to set up your classroom library. And I got so excited about this topic because one, it's really important. And two, I actually get asked about this a lot. I thought it would be a really great episode since I know so many teachers are always wondering what is the best way to set up their classroom libraries. Today, we're going to talk about how you can set up your classroom library in a way that is both helpful for you as a teacher and helpful for your students. But maybe you're wondering, well, it's May and I'm actually getting ready to destroy or take down my classroom library and store all of my books for the summer, why are you doing an episode about something that is really back to school related? And here's the thing. The best time for you to make the decision on how you are going to set up or organize your classroom library is really at the end of the school year. Right now in May or June, whenever you listen to this episode, this is the perfect time for you to make a decision on how you want to organize and set up your classroom library. And here's the thing, if you are planning on making any changes to your current organizational system, which I can only assume if you're listening to a podcast episode on it, you're considering changing things up, you can do all of that now before you put your books away for the summer. 
If you decide that you want to start to organize your classroom by genre or by topic or author, or if you have some other way that you want to set up your library, now, before you put your books away, you can have your current students help you take inventory of your books. They can sort, they can organize, they can label, they can really do all of the hard work for you because students really are some of the best workers. And that way, when you get back to your classroom in the fall, everything is already set up and organized. And all you have to do is put books on shelves or books in bins and put the bins on the shelves. It is going to make it a whole lot easier in the fall if you take some time now to think about and consider how you want to set up your classroom library before you put your books away for the summer. Today, I do want to share three different ways that you can consider setting up your classroom library. And then I'm going to share one organizational method that I really think you should avoid. Any guesses on what you think that might be? Okay, I'm not going to tell you. You have to keep listening to find out the one method that I say, do not set up your classroom library like this. The first method or the first sort of system that you can use is to organize your classroom library by genre. And you guys know I love talking about reading genres. It is so important. And I think this is a really great option, especially for upper elementary classrooms. And when you organize your classroom library by genre, you are grouping books together according to the genre of the text. So you would have a section for biographies and autobiographies. You would have a section for fantasy, a section for historical fiction, a section for informational text, a section for graphic novels, and all of the under all of the other wonderful genres that exist in our book world. And some of the benefits of setting up your classroom library by genre is it makes it really easy for students to rely on their past reading experiences to help them identify future books they want to read. If you have a student that knows they love reading graphic novels, it is going to be so easy for them to find all of the graphic novels in your library if it's set up by genre. If you have students that are such huge fans of reading historical fiction, they know that they are going to be able to find other historical fiction books, even if they're about different time periods, in your library if it is set up by genre. It's also really helpful. Another benefit of of setting up your library this way is that this is really how a lot of libraries and even bookstores like Barnes & Noble set up and organize their books. If you walk into Barnes & Noble, you can walk to the science fiction section, or you can walk to the mystery section, or you can walk to the informational section, and you can browse books in that way. So having your library organized by genre really mirrors and shows students how they could browse for books in the real world. And another reason why I like to organize my classroom library by genre is that it serves as a great visual and reminder for students of all the books and genres that are available to them. So often our students can get stuck in kind of a reading rut and read the same types of books over and over. But if every time they go to your library, they see that you have this whole section of traditional literature or poetry or fantasy and science fiction, and they've never read those books before, it's a little bit easier for them to consider it because it's literally staring them right in the face. It can be just a great way for students to see visually all of the options that are available to them. And another thing that I like about having your library organized by genre is it also kind of forces you as a teacher to take an inventory of what genres are available in your library. So often our libraries are filled with traditional informational texts and realistic fiction texts, and they might not have as many science fiction texts or fables or tall tales or graphic novels. And if you organize your library by genre, 
you as a teacher are going to quickly realize where are their holes, where are their gaps that you need to focus on filling. So here are some of the benefits. Now, of course, with everything come some limitations. And so some of the limitations that you do need to be aware of if you want to organize your library by genre is the fact that students don't always know the genre of the book. If they have a very specific book in mind they want to read, if they don't know the genre, they're going to have a hard time locating it in your library. And then sometimes books could really be categorized as two different genres, and that can make it difficult to figure out for you as a teacher where to place it, but then for your students on where to find it. And then kind of like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you don't always have enough books to fill all of the categories or all of the genres. If you have a large number of informational text or realistic fiction text, this means that these sections of your library are going to be really large. And sometimes so many books can be overwhelming for students and they might have a hard time looking through three shelves of informational text just to find one topic that they enjoy. And so sometimes organizing by genre can make searching for books overwhelming for students because there's so many in one specific genre. And then they might not have a ton of options in other genres. These are just things to consider if you decide to organize your library by genre. Now, another approach that you can take to organize in your classroom is that you can organize and categorize your books by theme or topic. And this is another option that I really like for upper elementary. And if I'm honest, it really might be the most efficient way for students to find books because really you can create as many topic and theme categories as you want. You can have books about sports. You can have books about school. You can have books about friendship. You can have books about science, about history. You can have books about characters who are brave. You can have books about family, books about holidays, whatever topic or theme you want to come up with. You can have a category and a bin or a shelf that has books connected to that theme. And so some of the benefits of organizing your classroom library by topic or theme is that it is really, really easy for students to locate books if they know what topics and themes they like to read about, which means then it's also really easy for you to categorize books because basically you can come up with a topic for any type of book. It can make searching for books a little bit easier because you can control the size of each category by creating subcategories. If you have a lot of books about sports and you just think it's going to be really difficult for students to choose because there is such a thing as decision fatigue and sometimes too many choices aren't always a good thing, you can break up this topic and you could have a category with picture books about sports, informational books about sports, chapter books about sports. So when you organize your classroom library by theme and topic, you as a teacher really get to decide all of the categories, the sizes of them, the subcategories, and you can really create these topics and themes with your students in mind. If you know the types of books that your students really love reading, you can create specific topics and categories for them to make it super easy for them to find the books that they are going to love. Now, of course, there are also some limitations to organizing your library by theme or topic. And some of those limitations are that it can be sometimes hard to figure out where to put books in the same series or by the same author. because they might not always be about the same topic. For example, I know my students in fourth grade always loved reading the I Survived book series or the Who Was fill in the blank book series. But those books, they aren't always really about the same topic. They cover a wide range of, of people and topics and historical events. And if you're gonna take a series like that and organize them into a library that is by topic and theme, you're gonna be breaking up that book series. and 
you might have a student who is obsessed with reading those books and they want to read them all. And it will be more difficult for them to find the I Survived books if they aren't all together. That is a limitation to sort of keep in mind. And then sometimes it can be hard to categorize picture books or fictional books that have multiple themes. Again, if you're trying to put all of your books about friendship together or all of your books about kindness together or all of your books about overcoming difficulties together, it can be difficult to keep books from the same author together. And if you're if you have a lot of like Patricia Polacco books in your library and you're organizing by theme, her books might get separated. And again, if that is an author that your students enjoy and they like going to the library to find Patricia Polacco books, they might have a hard time locating some of her books with this organizational method. Just realize that, of course, like there are benefits, but there are also limitations. And then the other thing, kind of like I mentioned, sometimes having too many choices for a theme or topic can really make it difficult for you to decide where to place a book. Is this a book about school or is it a book about friendship? Is this a book about science or is it a book about the seasons? And if you have a hard time figuring out where to place a book in your library, you can be pretty certain that your students are probably going to have a hard time finding it in your library. So topics and choices or topics and themes can be a great way, but sometimes having too many choices and topics and themes and having complete flexibility with how you set up your library can make it more challenging. Again, just some limitations to consider. But another method that you could use to set up your library is to organize your books by either the author and or the series or even the illustrator. And some of the benefits is if you have a student who enjoyed reading like all of the Percy Jackson series or all of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series, then they are going to be able to find all of the books that are in that series really easily. And I do think that this is important. And one of the things that I think about a lot of times is if you have a struggling reader, especially in upper elementary, and they finally find that series that they love, a series that they can read and enjoy, they want to devour that series as quickly as they can, because it's almost like for the first time, they are able to find books that they can read and enjoy. And It can be really beneficial then if they know that they can find all of the Diary of the Wimpy Kid books in the exact same place or all of the Amber Brown books or whatever it is, they're all located in the same place. So it can be really helpful for kids who are just now sort of discovering the series or the the author that is turning them into a reader if they know exactly where those authors and series are in your library. And it can also really help students that usually see authors, or it can help students see that a lot of times authors have multiple books in their collection. It can help sort of expose students to the wide range of writing work that authors have. For example, Jacqueline Woodson is one of my favorite authors, and she writes picture books, she writes chapter books, and she even writes poetry. But a lot of times our students are only aware of maybe her picture books. But if you place all of her books together in the library because they're by the same author, Students can see that one of their favorite authors writes from a wide range of topics and styles. And that just might be an easy way for students to, if they usually don't explore poetry, if it's written by one of their favorite authors, that might be an easy way for them to try out that genre for the first time. It can be beneficial to set up your library according to author or specific series. But again, I'm sure you saw this coming. There are some limitations. And I think one of the biggest limitations about organizing your library according to author is that students don't always know who the author of a certain book is. 
And a lot of times I remember my students come up coming up to me saying, can you help me find this book? I saw, you know, so-and-so was reading it last week and it's about this character and they go on an adventure and it has dragons in it and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, do you know the title? No. <laughs> do you know the author? No, but I really want to read it. If your library is set up according to author, we're limiting if our, we're really limiting how students can find books if they are looking for a specific book and they can kind of tell you the topic or they can tell you the genre. But if they just don't know the author, this is going to make it challenging for them to find that book. And then the other thing to think about is that not every book is in a series and not every author has multiple books or will have multiple books in your library. You will have a couple sections that have a lot of books, like all of the, you know, the I Survived series and the Who Is series and the Percy Jackson series. But then you're also going to have this huge section that is basically all of the one-off and random books that you have. And that section might be really difficult for your students to navigate because it's not broken up into smaller sections for them to sort of like sift through and figure out if it's something that they want to read. This can be really great, but there's also some limitations to using authors and series to structure your classroom library. Okay, so three systems that I would encourage you to consider are organizing by genre, organizing by topic or theme, and organizing by author and series. And with every system, there are going to be benefits that will really, really help your students. And of course, with every system, there's going to be limitations. Now, limitations don't mean that it's not going to be helpful. It just means that you need to be aware of them. That way you can do everything you can to equip your students to sort of overcome those limitations to that system. Now, let's take a minute to talk about the one system that I would encourage you to avoid, and that is leveling. Let's talk about setting up your classroom library according to book levels. Now, I know a lot of schools require or request teachers to set up their library according to reading levels, whether it is using the DRA, the Fontes and Pinnell, the Scholastic levels, whatever it is. And in full transparency, I was at many of those schools. And for several years, I did set up my library according to levels. And that's because I was told what to do. And really for a long time, when I first started teaching, I just assumed that if my principal or my district was requiring me to do something, it must be a best practice and what is best for my students. And I remember that for a long time, I was at a school that used the red bins from Scholastic that came with all of the books in that specific level. And it was so easy to organize my library because each book had a big sticker with a level on it and it matched the level on the red bin. And I was thinking, this is great. My library is going to be so organized. And I also remember making my own library labels to make sure that all of the labels matched my black and white polka dot decor classroom theme. And I remember having my husband come in during the back to school season and he sat in my classroom library for days and he would use the Scholastic Book Finder and he would type in every single title to find out what the level was of the single book. And I had them labeled by DRA and Fontes and Pinnell and I had hundreds of books and we came up with a system where we put a huge sticker on the front, sometimes covering up the title so that every student knew the exact level of every book. And I just thought, you know what? This is going to be so easy to keep my library organized. And it is going to be so easy for my students to find books at their reading levels. And it made sense to me because at the time, I was so focused on students' reading levels during guided reading. And it made sense that if reading levels are so important during my small group instruction, that my classroom library should be set up according to the same levels. But then I really thought about it. And I realized that setting up our libraries according to levels didn't actually make any sense. And here's what I want you to think about. 
When was the last time you walked into a library or to Barnes and Noble and you asked someone to show you where all the books at a level Q was or if they could point you in the direction of a level Z book? Have you ever told a librarian that you are trying to grow to a level W in your reading and you want to see where all of the level W books are because you think you're ready for that challenge? We don't do that as readers. As lifelong readers, we don't think about the level of the books we read. We don't search for books according to level. What we do is we look for books based on topics we want to read about. We look for books from authors that we enjoy reading. And we look for books that are based off of genres that we have loved in the past. And if we want our students to become lifelong readers, we need to treat their reading lives, even in elementary school, similar to how their reading life outside of school will look. And so this means letting them search for and find books that appeal to their interests and preferences and not just their reading levels. Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. So let me give you some actual practical tips about reading levels, because here's the thing, you guys, I get it. Sometimes we have no choice. If you are in a school that says the books in your library have to be leveled and they have to be labeled and kids have to be reading books at their reading level, then I understand maybe you should do it because keeping your school happy is important. You need a job. But this does not mean that that has to be the only thing that your students can use to make their book choices. There are other things that they could consider. So if you have to level the books and include levels in your classroom library, here's what I suggest. First of all, start by choosing your preferred organizational method and then think about leveling second. So whether you are setting up by genre, by topic, by theme, by author or series, start with that and then think about level second. And you can still indicate the level of a book, but do so in a discreet way. So not with a giant sticker that covers up the the book or takes away from the appeal, but maybe put simply write the level on the inside cover so nobody can really see it. Or maybe with a small color-coded sticker. Students don't even know, like, you know, well, obviously they'd have to know because it's in your library, but it's not obvious unless they're looking at the leveling chart. And also, you might want to consider labeling your levels with a small range. So rarely are books 100% accurate with their levels, and more than likely students can handle a range. So labeling with a range will give kids more option to choose from. You could label all of the M and O books as the same range. These books are levels M to O. You could label the QRS books at the same. This is level Q to S. So students have a range. And then you also want to make sure that you are informing students about the levels and explain to them how levels can help guide their reading choices, but we don't want to limit them based on their level. Instead, what you really want to do is you want to teach students how to select books that are going to appeal to their interests and their preferences and books that they will actually enjoy. And make sure you fully explain to them that really the whole purpose of us reading is to find books that we enjoy. And part of that enjoyment is making sure we understand them. And that means then that if a book is too easy or too challenging, that as readers, we want to abandon that book and find something that we can fully understand and enjoy. And so rather than limiting students' choices by levels, you want to empower them to make choices first and foremost based off of their preferences and their interests. And then as a secondary, double check the level to make sure that they can understand it and enjoy it, but never limit their choices based off of the levels. Let your students figure that out on their own. 
And I often think about out of all of the mistakes that I made as a teacher early on in my career, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made was limiting students' reading experiences based on their reading levels. And I remember seeing my struggling readers want to select chapter books because they wanted to be able to read a chapter book so badly. But these books, of course, were way too hard for them and way beyond their level. And I remember telling students to put the book back and find something out of a level bin that was at their level. And basically, what I was telling them in this moment is that you're not a good enough reader to enjoy this book. And I think, what type of message does that send to the students? Really, by me telling a student, pick a book that's at your level, I am limiting what they can read. And that is not inspiring, that is not motivating, and that does not make them excited about reading. Instead, it makes them feel defeated. It makes them feel limited. It makes them feel trapped. And I know that's not what we want for our students. And I think about how much better of a teacher I was at the end of my career when I didn't limit my students' choices based off of their reading level. And instead, I was really intentional about making sure they knew how to select books in a genre they enjoyed, about topics they were interested in. I remember I empowered them to abandon books and stop reading if something was too challenging for them. And I made sure that all of my fourth grade students know that picture books were not written for babies and that even adults enjoy the wonderful stories that authors share in picture books. Our goal as reading teachers is to excite, empower, and educate our students in a way that gets them excited about becoming a lifelong reader. And I just don't think that focusing on reading levels is the best way to do that. So if possible, please avoid organizing your library by levels, learn from my mistakes, and instead use one of the other systems I suggested. You can organize by genre, organize by topic or theme, or you can organize by author and series. And one of the things that I have done in the past is I have really used a combination of all three. I have done both genre and topic and theme and author and series all in the same library. And here's the thing. It's your library. You can set it up however you want. I really love the idea of organizing my library by genre, but usually start there. Then within each genre, I look to see, are there specific series? or sets of books that I could separate and label together so students can easily find them? Are there topics that my students like to read about that I could highlight within a certain genre? Are there popular authors that write within the same genre that I could group together on the same shelf to make it easy for my kids to find those books? And the reality of it is, is there are so many different ways you can set up your library. And maybe you're thinking, great, that's why I'm listening to this podcast. And I can get behind the idea of avoiding levels and those other options make sense and I can see how combining them could work. But out of all these options, which one is the best? What is the best way to set up my library? If you're thinking that question, you are not alone. But listeners, this is what I want you to think about. I know you are searching for the best way to set up your library because you want what's best for your students. I know that about you. But here's my answer. What if there is no such thing as the best way? What if all three of the organizational systems could be the best for your students? What if the idea that you have about how to set up your library that no other teacher is using could be the best? What if the idea on how to set up your library that your kids come up with could be the best? Because here's the real secret. It's not really about how you set up your library. The magic happens when you truly effectively teach your students how to find and access the books in your classroom library. It's how you use the system in your library. It's how your students use the system in your library that really makes the difference. And it doesn't matter how beautiful your labels are 
and how clearly defined your sections and bins are if your students are clueless on how to use the system you have selected. It doesn't matter at that point if the system is considered the best. Now, I promise this episode was not a waste. It is important to have a system. If you are just randomly throwing all of your books on the shelves, that is not going to get you the results that you want, which is to have a classroom full of lifelong readers. But here's the thing that you need to think about. In addition to coming up with and being intentional about how we set up our library, we also need to be intentional about how we are teaching our students to use our classroom library. That is so important. So I'm here to help. While we are on the topic of classroom libraries, next week's episode is going to be all about tips and tricks and suggestions on how you can introduce your library to your students and teach them how to use it. They get the most out of whatever organizational system you choose. So in the meantime, think about how you want to set up your library, whether it's by genre, by author, by series, by topic, by theme. And whatever system you choose, next week, I'm going to help you get the most out of that system and give you ideas on how you can teach your students about whatever system it is that you choose. I hope you will join me next week. And one more quick thing before you go, I do have a freebie that you might be interested in. I have created a set of genre labels that you can use in your library if you decide that you want to organize your books by genre. And I'm going to go ahead and link to that freebie in the show notes. And I hope you all have an absolutely stellar week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.